0: Hello everyone, Uh, my name is Matteo Mekacci. I'm the president of the International Campaign for Tibet and I'm here today with uh, my colleague Buchung, who's the vice president of the ICT because we have very, very exciting uh, news to share with you. Uh, Last night, the US Congress, first the House and then the Senate, passed the Tibetan Policy and Support Act. Uh, This is a major... Legislation that upgrades uh, US policy on Tibet and is uh, uh, legislation on which we have been working with your support of ICT members and, in particular, you know, Tibetan Americans all across the US for a couple of years to push uh, members of Congress to update uh, the legislation. Uh, So uh, it's a major accomplishment for our movement. And so we are here to talk more um, about that and its content. And so, I will start with this uh, Buchung asking you to describe to our viewers, what does this legislation do for Tibet?
1: Yeah, the Tibet Policy and Support Act has three uh, pertinent issues. Uh, first, broadly, it upgrades and strengthens American policy towards Tibet from the one that was laid out in 2002 when the Tibetan Policy Act was passed. Since then, there have been much development in the United States, in China, and in Tibet. And uh, this uh, TPSA now encapsulates those developments and uh, presents the American position to uh, meet the new situation. Uh, So that is the broader context. Mm -hmm. Within that context is the support to the preservation and promotion of Tibetan culture and way of life. That includes Tibetan religious tradition and particularly the tradition of uh, the reincarnation system of the Dalai Lama. So His Holiness the Dalai Lama has uh, since 2011 clearly outlined how he foresees the institution of the Dalai Lama to be uh, for not just the Tibetan people but for the followers of Tibetan Buddhism and his disciples throughout the world. However, the Chinese government is politicizing the issue of the institution of the Dalai Lama and staking its claim and its authority, the atheist government is taking its authority to uh, select the next Dalai Lama. So, this act negates that Chinese position, says that the international community will only recognize the will of the present Dalai Lama and the Tibetan tradition as practiced by the Tibetan Buddhist community. So and also it has formalization of uh, many of the programmatic support that the united states has been giving to the tibetan people uh for uh every year and the all these are aimed at preservation or promotion of Tibetan culture these are within the context of uh, a new role given to the special coordinator to or uh, promote uh negotiated solution to the tibetan issue so these are uh one element. Second, The TPSA acknowledges the uh, reality of the Tibetan environment, particularly the water resources, and how these are impacting uh, downstream countries, not just downstream countries, but region as a whole, and China's action towards Tibetan rivers, which flow downstream. And the TPSA also outlines the United's position on the thirdly uh, CPA has commended the Dalai Lama and the Tibetan people on the expansion of the Tibetan democratic governance system and how now the Tibetans duly elected uh, political leadership who run the central Tibetan administration are a democratic institution uh, that uh, looks into the interests of the Tibetan community in diaspora throughout the world so these are the main issues that the bill covers and now I, I'll get back to you and what uh, you just say from the U.S. government perspective, what do you think this uh, TPSC uh, signifies?
0: Yeah, no, I think this is a very important question because the, what happened last night, um, you know, doesn't happen, it didn't happen in a vacuum. Um, this is part of a larger uh, context related to U.S. Uh, policy on China and more specifically on Tibet as some of our viewers may remember, uh, at the end of 2018, it was uh, uh, December 2018, uh, the U.S. Congress passed another uh, important legislation uh, called the Reciprocal Access to Tibet Act. And this was the first congressional action uh, since a number of years on uh, U.S.-China relations, focusing on Tibet, and in particular on the question of uh, trying to have more access for American citizens to Tibet, which you know China has been blocking not only for American citizens, but for all international visitors, whether they're journalists, diplomats, or researchers, or NGO workers, uh, to Tibet for decades as part of their effort to isolate Tibet from the outside world and preventing also information from coming out uh, from Tibet. And so that uh, legislation signify a shift uh, also in congressional attitude uh, towards U.S. policy on China, specifically on Tibet, because for a number of years, the U.S. government had also pursued a policy of uh, engagement with China, which led, you know, somehow to downgrade the focus and the attention on human rights issues. This was connected to, you know, um many uh, economic and diplomatic developments between the United States and China over the years. And there was a prevailing view that by engaging China uh, on the economic level, that would you know, uh, bring also political reforms. Uh, unfortunately, this has not happened. And that legislation was the first sign uh, that Congress was not buying uh, anymore that kind of narrative. And that was later followed by other important legislation on Uyghurs, and we know about the, you know, very um, grave, you know, human rights violations that have been targeting the Uyghur population over the last few years. Uh, legislation on Hong Kong uh, because of the uh, basically downgrading uh, and the stripping of the autonomy that Hong Kong had been enjoying for many years, and also on Taiwan. Um, so I think, you know, if if you look at that in that context, and it's important for our Tibet supporters to know that what happens on Tibet doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in a context, in a political context, uh, which has led the U.S. to try to be um, uh, more assertive uh, through actually congressional initiatives uh, in terms of uh, um, you know its policy on China. Uh, so I think this uh, bill, uh, it's an important. Uh, st- you know, uh, stepping stone uh, uh, in in that kind of efforts. And it really, I think in our view, opens the door for a more international coordinated effort to try to align also other, other governments uh, on these kind of positions. And uh, and, and we know, Bhuchung, uh that, you know, in order to be able to, to achieve that, um, you know, Tibetan Americans have played an important role, but you are... You know, someone who was born uh, in India, uh, lived there, then moved to the United States. So I think you have, you know, a quite unique perspective from, you know, the Tibetan point of view. What does, you know, this bill mean for Tibetans, you know, both in exile but also for, you know, uh, people inside Tibet?
1: Yeah. Overall, I think for all Tibetans everywhere, uh, uh, this bill is a uh, reassurance and a hope. Uh, that has been given to them, that the international community, community, particularly the United States, has not forgotten the plight of the Tibetan people. Uh, This is critical because over the years, the Chinese authorities have been launching a propaganda whereby uh, the Tibetans are being made to feel that China's might has uh, made the world uh, succumb to its uh, power and that no one cares about Tibet. So this, yes, again, shows that there are Uh, countries in the free world who care about uh, Tibet and that the Tibetan Policy and Support Act is there to protect the Tibetan people. So that is for all Tibetans, particularly for those Tibetans inside Tibet who don't have any ways of uh, showing their uh, feelings of it. For Tibetan refugees uh, in uh, the Indian subcontinent particularly, this bill also makes them uh, uh, confident that the United States Will continue to support uh, their attempt to preserve and promote their distinct cultural, religious, and uh, uh, heritage uh, through these programmatic support and on the broader issue of the solution of the Tibetan issue. For Tibetan Americans, in addition to all these other uh, matters, I think TPS yet again shows that the Tibetan Americans can no longer feel subservient to the American political system, that they are masters of the American political system as much as every other American citizen is. And uh, as you said earlier, uh, over the years I've felt the growth of Tibetan political activism here in the United States, and the Tibetan Americans have gone from a position of being a subservient, just supplicating for support to one uh, as equal citizens who want their members of Congress, who want their administration to do something for people of Tibet, because they care about the people of Tibet. So it means the issue of Tibet has become and is becoming more and more a domestic issue of the United States. And that is very important for us, even as China tries to make the case that the Tibetan issue is an internal affairs of China. So, uh, these are something that uh, comes to my mind uh, when uh, you made that question. But going back to your earlier issue about uh, the United States uh, and its role, now that the US has passed the uh, TPAC and the President will be signing it, maybe by the time this uh, video comes online, the President may have signed I hope. But in any case, uh, what do we think as ICT, that other countries can do on similar uh, matters. Yes,
0: um, I mean this is something on which we have already been working for a few years. Because when we uh, decided to focus on um, TPSA, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, thanks to naturally the initiative of you know congressional leaders, we 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 need always to remember that whatever whatever happens in Congress is because there are American politicians. Who put these issues on their top list and their priority? And we are very fortunate to have these leaders um, in Congress that respond uh, to the advocacy that we carry out and the mobilization. But without them, the legislation would not happen. So this is a success for uh, the American people, not for ICT or for our members only. And I think that's very, very important to, to remember. But when we um, Decided to go on 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 this you know priority. We also work with our offices in Europe uh, to agree on, on a strategy, you know, building uh, hopefully on the success that we may have in the U.S. as we did with the uh, Reciprocal Access to Tibet Act, also to uh, involve and convince other countries to follow through. And there have already been some positions taken by some governments in Germany, the Netherlands, you know, the European Commission in France on the question of the uh, interference in the succession of his and the Dalai Lama, uh, putting on record these governments, thanks to initiatives of other members of parliament in, in Europe, uh, that it would be only up to Tibetan Buddhists and the Dalai Lama himself to determine how the selection process is going to uh, unfold. But we had also another very important um, official position taken last August by five UN Special Rapporteurs, on different issues including on religious freedom uh, which formerly uh, sent a communication to the chinese government telling them they, they're, that their own existing regulations on religious freedom and the selection process of the dalai lama is not in line with international accepted human rights standards and specifically on religious freedom so this gives us uh, a little bit of um, uh, let's say uh, overarching umbrella Uh, of international rules and norms that other countries are then supposed to follow because this is what the UN does. It sets the stage uh, for criteria that, you know, governments who subscribe to the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights then have to follow. So our efforts now are going to be uh, with the leadership of our colleagues in Europe really to try to engage other governments to follow uh, this example uh, taken by the U.S and uh, create an international um, coalition that would you know signal uh, to China that it would be better uh, not to try uh, to continue on those policies that they have been implementing over the last uh, few years. Um, so this is our you know this has been our strategy. and I want also to take this opportunity because some of you uh, may have already seen uh, in some of our communications to our members and then uh, on our website that uh, I will be leaving ICT in the next few weeks as I have been appointed uh, by the Organization for Cooperation and Security in Europe uh, to lead their Office for Democratic Institutions and Human Rights. Uh, This is an institution uh, that is comprised of 57 countries, and I had the great honor to be uh, appointed by them to lead this office, which is going to be based in in Warsaw. And uh, I want to, uh, you know, uh, express once again my gratitude uh, to all of you and to the great honor that you know the board of ICT and the staff has, you know, uh, provided me over these years to 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 work with you on on Tibet. And I think there's no better way to end uh, uh, my term here at ICT than having the passage of TPSA uh, by the U.S. Congress. So I'm really, really uh, grateful for this. And uh, uh, I I want to say also, and I want to ask you, Buchung, that we know um, that without the support of ICT members, uh, this would not have been possible. And so. Can you describe what ICT members have been doing over the last uh, few years to make this happen?
1: Yeah, not just on TPSA, but on all initiatives that the International Campaign for Tibet has launched since its inception in 1988. Our supporters and members have been very critical in our entire uh, strategy. That is because I think from the onset ICT uh, uh, had the Good sense to see that the American public has support for the Tibet issue. And this public support needs to be converted to something that is concrete to the American uh, legislature, to American members of Congress, who, uh, who, if not moved by what is happening in Tibet, will be moved by what their constituents feel about issues and thereby uh, have. Uh, uh, Adopt a, a, a relevant uh, position on the issue of Tibet. And that has been very successful throughout uh, the initiative. And that's also been the case with the DPSA. Uh, on this, when we laid out uh, our strategy right from uh, uh, that initial meeting on this particular issue with uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi and her colleagues in early uh, last year. Yeah. thereby it began a process of uh, uh, using the uh, members uh, power so to say to reach out to the members of congress and to have them pay attention to the need for upgrading the Japan policy act and the members responded very positively by the several thousands of petitions that have been sent and there. With, when I speak of members, I just not, don't mean, of course, I really appreciate those who are uh, paying members of the international campaign for but mm-hmm. members, I can also include those very many others who may not have the way we thought or the resources to give monetary support to the international campaign for, but who nevertheless have been very active in supporting uh, our work and who have made a difference also included are the tibetan americans and the tibetan community in general here in the united states as you said earlier so all these have played in uh, changing the american political uh, sort of mindset on the issue of tibet today we don't need, really have to educate american policymakers even if they are new on the fundamentals of the tibet issue they know about it now as tpsa indicate we are going to the next level where we are trying to look for concrete steps that can be taken to address those fundamental issues that the tibetan people face and i believe that this will happen so before i hand it over to you i think matthew as you said earlier since you're leaving i wanted to say as a uh, not just as a colleague but as a tibetan it has been a pleasure working with you uh, we tibetans actually don't have a choice because we are born into the movement but individuals like yourself. Particularly capable individuals or professionals have a choice to work wherever you want with whatever sort of remuneration you might want to uh, uh, get. But nevertheless, in your heart, you have felt some sort of relationship for the Tibetan people. And therefore, you uh, heeded the call of our uh, uh, board of directors. And not just that, even I think the leadership in Dharamsala, right from His Holiness the Lama. Uh, We're cognizant of your uh, sort of uh, work and your contribution to the uh, Tibetan people. And that is something that I deeply appreciate. And while ICT after you may not be the same as uh, it was in the past uh, seven years, we will continue to do what we can for the people of Tibet. And so back to you.
0: Thank you. Um, Thank you very much, Buchung. I really um, appreciate that. Uh, It moves me a little bit to... um... To think of these, you know, past seven years and the many meetings and experience we have had together, um, including visiting Tarum Sala and certainly has been uh, uh, probably the greatest honor of my life to, to enjoy um, the trust and the you know support uh, of the Dalai Lama during these years. Um, even before ICT, I visited there when I was a member of parliament in Italy. And, uh, you know, somehow, as you said, it was a transformative trip going to Daramsala. And I think um, some of our members who have been there, uh, we have an annual trip, you know, for some of our members, you know, uh, go to Daramsala and, and many other people who over the years, hundreds of thousands have been to Daramsala, they know that it's it's a special place and, uh, uh I didn't have any doubt you know when the opportunity came uh, at the end of 2013 to start uh, with ICT uh, as I was coming out actually of uh, of uh, an assignment with this organization the organization for security and cooperation uh, in Europe so I'm really uh, honored and grateful uh, to have you know this connection with the, with the people of Tibet in general and I will continue uh, to do my best in my life you know to to meet those uh, aspiration and expectations. And uh, I, I just want to say um, that, you know, both the board and the staff at ICT uh, are very, very committed. They're very capable. We are a small but very solid team. And uh, the ICT members uh, who I've met, many of them, who I've have, who have spoken to them, um, with them on the phone, uh, it's it amazes to me uh, to see the level of you know affection and commitment uh, that people have for Tibetan uh, for the Tibetan people but also for its culture and for many of them it's really uh, a gift that they have received when they have encountered Tibetan culture Tibetan Buddhism you know spiritual practices other things uh, that are so rich and important uh, uh, not just for the Tibetan people so i think these uh, uh, will continue because ict is not uh, based on an individual, uh, everybody is important, but nobody is essential. This is something I, you know, I always repeat to myself. And I think uh, uh, there's a lot of you know, people of goodwill who will continue to support in many many quarters and uh, i just want to you know uh, thank all the uh ict members who have been you know uh, maybe you've been reading my emails you've been <laughs> uh, seeing our you know social media posts i haven't met you personally some of you i have and uh please you know continue to stay in touch and uh, uh, continue most importantly to support ict and uh, and the people of tibet So thank you and I think we can uh, end here uh, this program and uh, looking forward to new programs on Tibet Talks uh, in the near future. Stay tuned. Thank you very much.